I think about the missionary and her songs. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, I just keep thinking we gotta get we gotta get as many um we gotta get as many songs out of her as we can before baby Ellie comes. That's why I had to give you a Sunday off. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I guess my wife last laughing at my word. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Um, we thank God for our visitors. I thank God for Ms. Holdridge in the back. Amen. Thank each and every one of you for Deacon that's watching online. Amen. And his family. Um, just continuing with our series in times of distress. We've been doing this this word study. Amen. And this Sunday, our word is juxtaposition. Amen. And that's why I said, I guess my wife was laughing, like, oh Lord, what, he, what word does he have up here? Amen. Juxtaposition. Amen. And um, I came to this word, and God gave me this word after just sitting with him and just reading all week and thinking all week about the news and everything that's going on and just all of the competing voices. Amen. All of the competing voices that are in the world. Amen. Um, and I, I just started talking to God and I just said, God, sometimes it seems like it's so hard or at least people try to make it seem like it's hard to determine what's you. Amen. And was not of you, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. yes. Amen. So as we continue, you know, every Sunday as we've been in this series and we talk about in times of distress, we're talking about in times of adversity, in times of trouble, in times of, uh, of affliction, much like what we're living in right now. And then God gives us a word. And so God gave me this study in times of um, in times of distress. Amen. He says, measure everything by me. Amen. Measure everything by me. No matter what you see, no matter what you're going through, no matter what other people tell you, look to me first and then compare it or contrast it or, or measure it by me, by my word, by who I am and what I do, what you know of me. Measure it by that. Amen. So juxtaposition is just a fancy way of saying contrast or compare. Just a position. It's like a it's like an art term. Artists use it. And they use it when they are trying to make a they use it when they're trying to make a glaring contrast. So just a position is the act or an instance of placing two or more things side by side, often to compare or contrast or to create an interesting effect. So when you want one of them to stand out, you put it next to something that's totally opposite from it. And then you'll see the difference. It'll, it'll, it'll stick out Amen. more than it would if that thing was just standing alone. And so today what, what God is telling us, start to place things or line things up against him, and then we'll see the glaring difference between what's him and what's not him. Amen. 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 And so I'm going to be going to John, the first chapter on today. And if you will stand with me one more time for the first five verses. And then give reverence to his word. It reads, in the beginning, the word already existed. 
The word was with God and the word was God. From the very beginning, the word was with God. Through him, God made all things. Not one thing in all creation was made without him. And the word was the source of life. And this life brought light to people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has never put it out. That's just the position. Light and darkness. When you put light next to something dark, it makes you realize just how much darkness you were in. Even if it's a little bitty piece of light, you automatically realize I was in darkness. What's happening now I can see? That's just the position. And so what I just read, you can be seated. What I just read... The word kept saying the word, the word, and the word was with God and by him. So we're talking about Jesus. And when you look it up in the Greek, that the word, the logos, denotes, in, in, in those verses, it's talking about Jesus Christ as being the essential word. He is the personal wisdom and power in union with God. He is the minister of all creation and ruler of the, of the whole universe. He is the cause of all the world's life, both physical and ethical. Y'all understand? He's the cause of all life. Anything, even when something is born in your mind, like even your very thoughts, Jesus is the life of all of that. And he is the means by which our salvation was secured. He put on human nature, became the second person of the Godhead, and because of him and the life that he lived, it shows his it shows his words and his deeds, and that's what we are supposed to measure everything that we do by his life. Amen. So the word tells us that the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has never, never has, never will put it out. The light shines in the darkness. The light shines in times of distress. The light shines when cancer comes. The light shines when you're going through a divorce or a breakup. The light shines when you're grieving. The light shines in the darkness. The grief, the fear, the depression can't put it out. Never has, never will. And the reason for that is because the light shines so brightly, no matter how dark it gets, when those two things are juxtaposed, when they are side by side, even in your darkest hour, the light, Jesus, is still so good that you can be going through something so bad and still find a ray, a little piece of hope. And the word says that God sent his messenger, a man named John. And it was John's job to bear witness, right? He was supposed to bear witness light. That was his job. And so when the when light is just supposed with darkness, the difference is startling. And John had enough sense to know that although he was preaching about the light, he knew he was not the light. 
And so what that means is you can be walking in the fullness of God. You can be a Christian. You can be serving in your church. You can be paying your tithes and offering. You can be preaching. And there's still going to be some dark times in your life. And that's when you have to realize that you are not the light. Because if you think that you're the light, you're going to start looking for the answer. Even though you're serving, you're going to start looking for the answer in yourself. And in yourself, there is not enough light. That's why you have to be juxtaposed against something else. It's hard to see when you don't have a mirror. Right? It's hard to see your appearance if you have food on your face or blemishes or stains on your back when you don't have something that's going to reflect it or show it or somebody else in the room to tell you. You have to be contrasted or compared against something else. Amen, amen. And so John was preaching about the light and he knew that he was not the light. And that's what living for Jesus really does. The more you live for him and the more you realize what he does for you, the more you begin to realize that no matter what I do, I'll never have enough power in myself to make it. And, and the worse things get, the greater he shows himself to be. So John says, I'm not, I, I'm preaching about the light, but I know I'm not the light. And then he says in the ninth verse, this was the real light. Right? This was the real light. And so what that implies is that there are fake lights. They are false lights, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes we try to find light in other things or people. And then sometimes those lights don't shine as brightly as we need them to. Mm -hmm. And then we find ourselves disappointed. We find ourselves let down, right? But John says, no, I'm not the light. Jesus is the real light. And this light that comes into the world and it shines on everyone. It shines on everyone. It says that the word, talking about Jesus, the word was in the world. And though God made the world through him, yet the world did not recognize him. He came to his own country, but his own people did not receive him. Some, however, did receive him and believed in him. So he gave them the right to become God's children. They did not become God's children by natural means, that is, by being born as the children of a human father. God himself was their father. And so here's the question as we talk about in times of distress, as you think about your life right now, as you think about your life today, in times of distress, when the light of God shines on you, did it become clear to you who your father is? Because the word says it shines on us all. It said that some people receive the light when it shines, and some people don't. They reject it. And those that received it, the word says that they were born again and God became their father. What does a father do for us? Right? What does a good father do for us? Somebody might be saying, I don't know, my father didn't do all that good for me. 
But what 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 should if you can't answer what could what does what should a good father do for us? Right? Shelter, protection, mentoring you, teaching you all those things that you need to know, holding you accountable, providing for you, teaching you, raising you, all of those things, right? And so in times of distress, when the light shines and we accept the light, we begin to realize that God is taking care of us like a good father, right? And if we don't accept the light, it's like we're rejecting this person who is trying to shepherd and steward and raise and protect and provide for us. And we saying, I'm going to do it on my own. That's the whole point of the prodigal son, right? Give me what belongs to me. I'm going to go make it in the world on my own. I don't need my father or my family anymore. Right? And he gets out in the world and all of these things start to happen to him. And then he, he find one day he finds himself, you know, in a pig pen, literally in a pig pen, eating scraps with the pigs. And he realized, why am I living like this when I have a good father? And he goes home and his father receives him with open arms. So when difficult situations are juxtaposed against your peace, what is revealed in you, right? When difficult situations are placed up against your peace, what comes out of your heart? Do you start murmuring? Do you start complaining? Do you start doubting God? Do you start saying, what about me? Do you start questioning who he is or his goodness, right? And it's just like that song that missionary was singing, like when 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 we're going through something, is he still worthy to you, God? Are you still worthy when a difficult situation starts to bump up against your peace? Yeah. Yeah. And the reason that God allows that to happen is because he wants you to see what's in your heart. Difficult situations are designed to make us trust him even more. So when I was preparing, you know, and some of y'all have heard this story, I know my business had heard this story, but I, 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 I've told this story where when we first got married, maybe a year or so after we first got married, and we, um, we was, it was just like a regular weekday afternoon, and we were sitting in, in the living room, and I remember my wife was cooking, and I was sitting on the sofa, and I had music playing. And I was I was praying for other people, and then I just felt the presence of the Lord fall on me so strong. And I got down on the floor in the living room, and I literally had my face to the floor. And as my eyes were closed and I was crying, I just remember feeling like I could not get low enough. Like I could not get low enough. Right? And so we read in the Bible, we read when Moses goes on the mountain how you know, basically he couldn't look like the glory of God is so bright. The presence of God is so bright. And just think about that light. With something like, you, you know, just imagine us trying to go outside right now or go outside in the middle of August and look at the sun. or uh, and, and not even just look at it. Imagine trying to use some binoculars to look at the sun. That would literally put your eye out. 
So when the light of Christ really shines in our life, it should bring us to a point to just see how much in need we are. And that shouldn't steal our life. Difficult times shouldn't steal our peace. It should make us rely on God even more to give us peace. Amen. The Bible says, and the word became flesh. And God loves us so much that he would not just, you know, just say all of these things and then not and, and not come and be with us. Like to be present. Like we did on like the first the first sermon in see He loves us so much that he's not just saying these things and then just say believe, but he's saying these things and then the word became flesh. Like he says, I will become real to you and dwell among you. And we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, talking about John the Baptist, This is he of whom I said, He who comes after he ranks before me, because he was before me. From his fullness we have received grace upon grace. Right? So when we talk about the light shining in times of distress, that is the grace of God. I know a lot of people don't like to hear it. But think about what we actually deserve. And I'm not saying that all of the bad things that happen to us in our life are because we deserve it. I'm just like, sit that stuff aside. Think about the things that you actually do deserve. Think about the times that you thought wrong, you said something wrong, you did something wrong. Right? For him to still be willing to shine in our life, going back to that idea of the prodigal son, his son disrespected him, his son took his inheritance, his son did all of that, and when he came back, his father didn't slap him on the wrist, he didn't chastise him, he didn't say, uh-uh, I'm sorry, too bad for you, that, now you learned your lesson. He, he opened his arms and gave him a ring and a robe. So, like, think about Jesus' behavior. Think about godly behavior versus what we normally or we typically see from human behavior. See the juxtaposition. See the difference between the two, how God acts and how we act sometimes. Even at our best, even when we're trying, all that we're trying, as hard as we can, we still make mistakes. We still lose our temper. We still say stuff out of turn. We still like have negative thoughts. Yes, yes, yes. But he still loves us anyway. Anyway. Who you are and what you do is based on your knowledge of God. And when I say your knowledge of God, I'm talking about you understanding just how great he is. Think about it. If you understand how great he is, that perfect love that he gives is going to cast out all woods, all fear. Right? If you truly understand how he, how good he is, even when you're hurting and you're grieving, he's able to comfort you. If you understand how good he is, even when you're sick in your body, 
you know that by his stripes you are healed. One way or another, you're going to be healed. Right? But all that's based on your knowledge of him. If you don't know those things or you don't believe those things about him, you're going to find yourself or you're going to continue to stay in what? If you don't let the light shine, you're going to continue to stay in darkness. There's nothing in the darkness but weeping and, and gnashing of teeth. And so I, I, I'm almost there. I'm almost there, y'all. And this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from him, talking about John the Baptist, when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. Right? Sometimes people are going to come to us and they're going to, they're going to question us. They're going to want us to prove, right? Yeah. Prove that you're a Christian. Prove that you are this or prove that you're that or prove that, right? And the confession should be like, yes, I, I, like, yes I'm a believer, but I'm not Jesus. I'm doing all that I can to let the light shine in my life. Yeah. And so then these leaders, they ask John, they say, they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. So they said to him, who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Where, where are you going, Pastor? So I, I put myself in John's shoes, right? And so as I'm standing here and as I'm preaching to you and I think about on my job, I don't try to be anyone that I'm not. I'm not trying to be Elijah. I'm not trying to be whoever. I'm trying to be me and I'm trying to let the light shine. And so when somebody asks me, who, who am I? And I think about what God has done for me. I'm just somebody standing in the wilderness saying I believe in Jesus. That's it. Because I believe that if I lift him up, then he's going to draw, right? He's, his light shines so bright that even if it just reflects off of me, even if a little bit of him just reflects off of me, it's going to shine light in the dark place. It can't help but do that because he's so great. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, why then are you baptizing if you're neither the Christ nor Elijah nor the Christ? Why are you doing all of this stuff that you're doing if you're not the Messiah? John answered them and said, I baptize with water, right? He said, I'm just the introduction. I'm just the introduction. But among you stands one you do not know. He says, you looking at me, right? And you just got, you just getting a glimpse of, 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 of what God can do. But there is somebody, there is this man named Jesus who you do not know. Even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to. He say, I can't, I'm not even worthy to touch this man's shoes. Do y'all see the juxtaposition? We have to think about ourselves like that, not in a way where we beat ourselves down, but just to know where our sufficiency comes from, just to know where our strength comes from. 
when we know where our help comes from, we'll stop trying to do everything on our own and getting disappointed and getting discouraged, right? So this is not a, what John is saying is he's not beating himself down. He just knows where he stands when he, when I line my life up with Jesus' life, when I line my power up with Jesus' power, I don't stand a chance. So why would I trust in myself when I can trust in him? These things took place in Bethany across the Jordan when John was baptized. The next day he saw Jesus coming towards him and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Replace that word sin with darkness. Right? Behold, John sees him coming. And sometimes I don't think we recognize when Jesus is coming, when he's coming out in our direction. Y'all, if y'all go back a few verses when I when I said that the light came into the world and some received them and some did not, right? And but I also said that the light shines on everybody. So God wasn't sitting back like I choose you to shine my light on, and I don't choose you. He wasn't doing. He said I'm gonna shine my light on everybody, right? But some of us don't recognize. John saw him afar off, right? He's John saying I'm in this situation right now, right? And I'm preaching. And I'm prophesying about something that has not happened. But scriptures tell me that the Messiah is coming, right? So John was waiting. He was waiting in preparation for the Messiah to come. And he didn't, it didn't take long for it didn't take long for him to recognize. Jesus wasn't right up on him. The word said he saw him coming from a way out. Sometimes we gotta see when God is moving in our life. And John says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away. The darkness. Stop trying like don't 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 try to categorize sin and say, oh that's that her sin worse than my sin. Don't do that. Just think about it like it's darkness. And Jesus came to get all of it. His light came to cast out all of it. This is he of whom I said, after me comes a man who ranks before me. Because he was before me. That goes all the way back to that John 1. Right? He was there from the very beginning. By him. That's Colossians. By him. All things were made for him and by him. All things. John said, that's why I can't even compare myself. He's greater than me. Because he was before me. Listen to what John says. He says, I myself did not know him. How many of y'all have been in that situation? I can say that there was a time when I did not know him. Right? But then he called me, and for this purpose, I came baptizing with water. John said, I didn't know him, but one day something on the inside of me, the light shined on the inside of me, and I said, I got to do something for God. And the only reason that I'm doing it, the only reason that I'm preaching, the only reason that I talk about him is so that Jesus might be revealed to other people. And so John bore witness. He said, I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove. And it remained on him. And the dove represents peace. And that's why I say, what do you do, right? When the light comes in or a biblical time bump up against your peace, what do you do? Do you try to stop? Do you try to solve it on your own? 
Or do you let that peace that descended on Jesus, that peace that's in Christ, do you let that fix the situation for you? I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. So as, I, as I'm coming to the end, I have one more slide. John, once again, John says, I didn't know him. Right? We got to stop thinking that we know everything that there is to know about God and each and every day we should be trying to get to know him because the more his light shines in our life the more that should reveal to us what needs to be correct even if, even if it's something simple even if it's a little simple thing right and that's not saying when his light shines and you, something needs to be corrected you're just walking in sin and you're this bad person no but when you compare yourself to Jesus you know, we don't, none of us look too good at that point. Even when we're doing all that we know to do, when you compare yourself to him, we don't look that good. So every time he shines, we need to recognize him. We need to allow his spirit to, to work and remain. John says, I have seen it and I have borne witness that this is the Son of God. When you put up G, when you put Jesus against anything else, very quickly it should become clear what's of God and what's not of God.